Welcome to episode two of Pod on the Block. On this episode, I will be discussing the local elections in the London Borough of Brent, which occur every four years. Brent is pretty much a one-party borough, with Labour having hold of it for the last 46 years. Labour control almost 90% of this London borough, which means it doesn't have any real opposition and no one to hold it to account. I talked to the two parties who can't win Brent, and we discussed the effects of a one-party state and why it's bad for democracy. My first guest is Green Party candidate for Tokenton Ward in Brent Central. He's a Green Party activist, eco-socialist and educationalist from Wembley in London, Welcome to Pod on the Block, Martin Francis. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity. Pleasure to have you on board. So if you could start by telling Brent voters who they are voting for. Okay, uh, yes, I'm Martin Francis. I was born in Kingsbury um, and I've lived in Halston and Wembley. I started off life actually um, as a messenger boy in the city. I left school at 16 um, and moved to London at 16 as well. Um, And later on I got a job with Reuters Economic Services, worked my way up through there and became um, a reporter on the London Stock Stock Exchange for them. After quite a few years of that, I decided that wasn't the job for me for life and decided to enter teaching. Mm -hmm. And I've taught for more than 30 years um, in various schools throughout London and ended up as head teacher of a local primary school. And during that time, as a head teacher and as a teacher, I learned a lot about the problems that families face in Brent and elsewhere. I tried to try to address those, but realised eventually that that needed a political solutions rather than elastoplast. So your profile is someone with a deep understanding of education. Uh, yes, I, I think I'm more adept in education. Yeah, definitely, and I belong to uh, various groups and campaigns. I'm a member of the what is now the National Education Union, right. used to be NUT, um, and I was very active in promoting uh, and formulating the Green, current uh, Green Party education policy. Mm-hmm. I'm still a governor of a local primary school. Is that Chalk Hill Primary School? Chalk Hill, yes. I was once a, yeah. a pupil at, at that school in the 80s. Oh, right. um, I, I remember it just being a, a, a wonderful balance of chaos and order well it's interesting isn't it because um almost chalk is a microcosm it was that big estate or concrete blocks and so on which was an architect's view of of what communal life could be like on an estate um and it went wrong the estate got a very bad reputation and along with that the school did as well and the problem with school reputations is that they can uh, go bad in a day and take years to rebuild. And we've been very active both in the estate, which has been rebuilt, and, and in the school of actually making it the best possible place it could be. Right. And I think it's been transformed. What do you think went wrong with Chalk Hill Estate? For anyone listening who's unfamiliar, Chalk Hill Estate was a 1970s state-of-the-art post-war high-rise development with blocks linked by what was described as walkways in the sky. But after willful neglect from the local authority, 
money over humanity, Chocolate State turned into a crime hotspot and gained a bad reputation and ended up being demolished in the late 1990s. It's, a, it's, 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 it's strange. I think a lot of communities like this, they can get a bad reputation, um, but there's another side to them which often people don't know. I used to live in Halston, uh, which at the time was having a lot of shootings and things, and people used to say, God, it must be a dreadful place to live. You must be scared to go out at night. The other side of it was a really strong, supportive community. Um, I, if I can give you one example, I lived in St. John's Avenue in Halston. There was a corner shop there run by a Filipino guy and his family. Um, there were shootings in our street. Um, mm-hmm. But that shop was a sort of hub for local community, very informal. Uh, he was a very mm-hmm. personal guy. People used to like hang around and chat to him. He got stomach cancer um, and didn't have very long to live. And people in the street collected money to fly him out to the Philippines to say goodbye to his family. And while he was there, uh, local people ran a shop for him. And when he did die, they erected a little memorial shrine outside the shop and would move on anybody who parked their car in front of it um, so that everyone could have a clear sight of it. That was a whole bit of Halston that's never been re, uh, reported, but really strong. And, you know, having moved to Wembley, I miss that. That's the side of London council estates you never hear about, like uh, the strong communities they have. And, you know, there's been a long history of one-sided coverage by the press of council estates, which have demonised and damaged these communities. As well as Halston, you know, uh, Chalk Hill in Wembley Park had a great community too. But, I mean, the same thing goes for Stonebridge Estate. I mean, I used to teach at Brentfield School, close to Stonebridge. And again, that report had a, that, that estate had a, had a bad rep. And there were obviously, you know, huge difficulties and so on, but there was a community there. And that was represented in our school, and I was able as a teacher to go into that community to see people or whatever. I got involved as a um, trustee of the Brent Play Association, which ran the playground there. And the young guys on employed on that uh, playground, young black guys who lived on the estate and been brought up there and went to the playground as kids, um, became people that local children could emulate, uh, responsible and uh, and with aspirations for the community. Stonebridge was pretty much like a, a large-scale version of Chalkill Estate. Oh, yeah, even sad papers in it. It's uh, the worst estate in Britain and all the rest of it. Didn't do it much, did it? No, it didn't, no. Um, the media didn't help at all, you know, um, quite the opposite. Very, very one-sided uh, reporting, and it really did help to demonise an entire generation. Yeah, but it doesn't help when the council closes down the adventure playground that made such a contribution. Yeah. So you've explained who you are, you're an established figure with a passion for education, but why should voters in Brent vote for you? <laughs> I think the, the whole the Green Party approach in, in, in Brent at the moment is that we feel the, the, the almost one party state led by Labour um, needs scrutiny. It needs to be challenged. It needs actually fresh ideas uh, to be to be um, put into the council. It also needs um, well, we need to correct the dem- what's the democratic uh, deficit now. 
the construction of the council is that the main decisions are made by an eight-person cabinet. Some posts are elected, but some are almost um, chosen by the leader. I mentioned earlier that uh, Mohammed Buck would like all 63 seats on the council. If he did that, he would uh, consolidate his grip on the Labour Party in Brent and in the people who, who, when there's only eight of them, basically run the affairs. That leaves 48 other councillors with very little power, very little say in what, in what goes on, and who often are just sidelined to be um, the people who residents go to over yeah. fly tipping and, and patients and, right. and, and so on. So in narrowing a representation, we actually exclude a great deal of creativity and a great deal of uh, contributions that could be made uh, by committed people. So I'd like to see a return to the committee system of uh, councils rather than a cabinet system where you get a larger group of people making policy and, and, and deciding strategy and so on. Uh, so in standing as, as a Green Party person, I've shown, I think, on my blog that I'm able to scrutinise uh, council documents and their decisions yeah. and so on and ask perfectly legitimate questions about those to be a councillor, to be sitting on committees and able to ask those questions face-to-face -face and influence policy, I think, would be an extension of what I do already rather than something completely novel. Okay. And you, you mentioned your blog and you mentioned that, you know, you've, uh, for a long time that you have scrutinised, you know, various issues uh, throughout, you know, Brent and, and London in general. Um, what has been the most read uh, issue that you've... Uh, the most read issue by a long chalk, I think... I yeah. guess there's, there's definitely a number of them. Yeah. What, what, what the main would you like one to pick out as some of the uh, biggest uh, has been the um, problem of how to phrase this carefully um, the industrial uh, the the employment tribunal that found the person running Brent um, ah. human resources guilty of racism and bullying or oh, not racism, mm -hmm. rephrase that, uh, or, or of discriminating, discriminating behaviour against a member of staff, which resulted in a large um, mm -hmm. compensation being awarded to the member of staff concerned. But then, more controversially, um, despite that um, finding by the Employment Tribunal in Watford, that person was not only kept on the director of human resources, uh, but actually uh, the council stood by her. And some of the behaviour that the mm -hmm. employment tribunal had found uh, continued. And on my blog, I gave voice mm -hmm. to people who were working at Brent Council who had encountered that kind of bullying and discrimination and who wanted to be heard and didn't yeah. feel that they had any recourse within the council's procedures. Mm. So this is something which has been happening for a while at Brent, and would you say that it was largely ignored until your blog uh, raised it as an issue and gave it yeah. gave it awareness, basically? Wow, that's that's quite a big thing. Um, and uh, how, how do you feel about the the you know the the large part of the the the, the, the council actually standing by? Um, the individual who was in that leadership role and you know even though it was proved that 
you know, she was complicit in um, this discrimination. Uh, Does um, that surprise you? Not entirely. It's a strange sort of council where uh, relationships between councillors and officers are, are often very close. Um, and that's not always healthy. And Mohammed Butt was very, very keen to stand uh, in solidarity with, with, with that member of staff. Um, he did set up the inquiry um, that Michael Baby ran, deputy leader at the time, but who later stood against Mohammed Butt. But its uh, remit was very limited and couldn't really go into those much more personal issues. Um, right. How you can how you explain why he stood by? Um, you'd have to go into a lot more detail about how he arrived at his leadership position and his relationship with the then mm -hmm. chief executive and other officers and how he owed his position in some ways to their actions. You'd have to read the blog to go into, into mm -hmm. more detail. But there were a set of officers you would have to do our homework together previously <laughs> in uh, other authorities or, um, and in Ofsted and um, who helped, I think at the time, Mohammed Butt mm -hmm. to oust the previous chief executive and install a new one. So one of the things you believe in working towards is to make Brent more democratic and creative. Is it fair to describe Brent as a dictatorship? Is that too harsh? Well, certainly um, an authority that resists uh, members of the public getting involved in terms of accountability and so on, and often resents opposition from, from anybody, um, and doesn't actually realise or recognise that opposition is, is legitimate, constitutional and needed. It's almost like even, you know, I, I, I put in uh, somewhere, you know, about the African proverb about um, if you didn't think, if you don't think one person uh, can make a difference, uh, try sleeping in a room with one mosquito. Um, <laughs> and it's a bit like that. You know, this one mosquito is, um, according to people who work um, in the Labour Party and, and so on, a pain in the ass. Uh, rather than being someone who stimulates a bit more accountability and debate. Yeah. So you've mentioned why um, people should vote for you and, you know, you, you believe in Brent becoming more democratic. Um, how will you get that done? How, how is this? How do you envision this being uh, um, possible? Well, I, I think I, I would keep up my activities on Wembley Matters. Um, and as a, as a local councillor, you can go into various committees and make representations um, on issues that affect your constituents, so that would be a main, you know, one of the, one of the main levers. It's unlikely, given the fact that uh, um, membership of some committees is in the hands of the leader or, or the Labour group, that I'd get onto some particular committees. What you would need is a solid number of green councillors, because those committee places are given according to the proportion of people who voted for you in the overall council elections. So, for example, at the moment, the six um, Tory councillors 
often get one place on a committee which has five or six Labour uh, councillors on it. But you know, yeah. you, you can do you can do quite a lot with that one place um, if, if you research well, know your facts, and um, have got support outside uh, the council chamber in your local area. Being that you know you're a long-term uh, resident in Brent, um, what made you join the Green Party uh, as opposed to joining the Labour Party? Well, yeah, I'm getting on in years. I actually left the Labour. I was a member of the Labour Party and left in 1965. Right. Uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've been a member of a trade union all that time. I forget now what the disagreement I had with the Labour Party was so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was a teacher, I was involved in trade unions um, rather than the Labour Party. I was involved in various uh, small left-wing organisations. As a head teacher, I had to keep out of local politics um, within the borough. Right. You, couldn't, you couldn't get involved in other boroughs. Yeah. Uh, when I retired, and having realised, as I said right in the introduction, that the problems that the families that I taught faced had to have political solutions. I actually took a fairly objective look at the policies and record of the major parties. Right. And the Green Party is the one, particularly on education, uh, that came closest to my ideal uh, my ideals. Mm-hmm. It's always, you know, a fit, you know, the one that comes closest um, to, to what you believe. But mm-hmm. at the time, particularly as a Blairite, um, Labour Party, yeah. uh, the Green Party, was, was much more to my uh, taste. Right. Okay. So, um, for you at the time, the Green Party was um, uh, 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 an alternative to, to Labour. Yeah, yeah. Back in two thousand seven. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so the Greens, they they currently, you know, they they have no seats in Brent. Um, what do you need uh, to get a seat? What needs to change? What needs to happen next week in the uh, local elections? Well, we we need certainly in in, in some of our target boards, mm-hmm. the ones where in the past we've done well, where we've got three candidates standing. Mm-hmm. They need to recognise that we can actually win in those places. Mm-hmm. Um, often. People say it's a vote, a wasted vote, um, because you can't possibly win against the Labour machine. Um, we actually, in the uh, council elections before last, uh, were were the third major party, uh, overtaking uh, the Tories, and in some places overtaking the Lib Dems. Yeah. So we had, we had the potential there. I think people also need to recognise that we're not a one-horse pony party. Mm-hmm. It's not just the environment, that we're also interested in social justice. And those two um, elements often overlap. So, for example, if you're discussing some of the regeneration um, in Brent, uh, green spaces are very much under threat. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I've posted something today, I don't know, you probably haven't time to read it, but you know the Twin Towers are being built in Wembley Central on the site of Chesterfield House. Okay, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah, the developer has just bought up from Network um, Rail the um, land alongside the Chiltern Line, hmm. which at the moment is covered in trees and scrubs and there's a bit of a lung uh, to Wembley Central, which is very overbuilt. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's, um, there's a connection between regeneration and preserving and enhancing our 
local green spaces. Yeah. Even if they're not public ones, mm. there's a lot of corners of Brent uh, where there are trees and so on which um, contribute to cleaner air in the area. Um we definitely need to schedule uh, another podcast where we can speak to you uh, in depth, uh, especially about the issues covered uh, on uh, Wembley Matters. Um, but I do have one more question uh, before you go. Um, if you had to send a warning to anyone in London voting in next week's local elections um, who are thinking, you know, uh, of who they should vote for, you know, they've, they've maybe got some doubt. Um, what would you say to them? I, I, I would say, please do all your best to ensure that your vote helps to make your local council accountable to residents in general, that it aims at transparency, at ensuring that an opposition voice is heard, even if it's a party that you don't particularly agree with, uh, to make sure that council policies address the needs of the whole community and not just one section. Well, thanks again for joining me. Um, It's been an interesting conversation. Uh, For anyone who wants to get in touch with you, uh, if you could leave a few details on on where they they can find you, on where Martin Francis exists. (laughs) Okay, I exist at uh, wendymatters.blogspot.com. I'm available via email at martinrfrancis at virginmedia.com. Um, and you can also get hold of me on Twitter at Wembley Matters. My second guest is a Conservative candidate for Mapesbury Ward in Brent Central. He's originally from Lincolnshire, but moved to London and has since lived in Brent for about four years. The Conservatives once controlled Brent between 1868 to 1971. Even though Conservatives are second in Brent in terms of seats controlled, their share works out to be barely 10%. Brent has a large immigrant community whose distrust towards the Conservative Party is very strong and pretty hostile. Welcome to Pod on the Block, George Curry. I'll go straight into my first question. Um, who are the Brent Conservatives? So Brent Central Conservatives have, have not really had a, a high profile in recent years. I think, I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. There have been some challenges across Brent, some internal party challenges, which have been problematic and not helped us in, in getting out our message. But, but those days are over, are over now. We are an extremely young group of people. Uh, the, the, the new management of the party is extremely enthusiastic, extremely driven, and, and it's drawn from a, from a really diverse range of, of backgrounds. Some people who've lived in Brent all of their lives. And the, the, the fact that we're a very young party here means that we are very interested in getting out there, talking to people. We've got the energy and enthusiasm okay. to do that and in bringing new people in. Yeah. So we have a program of events over the course of the next year, which yeah. I think is really quite finely attuned to attracting new members and, and allowing people to, to come in and shape what the, what the values of the local party are uh, and what its policy should be, not just for the next, not just for this general, this local election, but for the, but, but for the, but for the foreseeable future, for the, for the next local election, for the next general election, whenever that would be. 
Um, they have a, 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 an ability to contribute to local and therefore, as a, as a consequence, national party policy development. Okay. So Brent uh, Conservatives uh, sees themselves as a, as a young party, as a party who are um, starting again. They're appealing to, would you say, would you agree that you're now appealing to maybe a younger demographic who are maybe just exploring and starting to discover politics um, would you say that's uh, is that correct? Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely right, mm. and that is certainly a, a big focus uh, of what we're doing right now in the lo- local community. But but it's not the only focus. We're not we're not sort of saying mm. you're not welcome if you're not young. That 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 would clearly yeah. be wrong, um, <laughs> and, and it, it wouldn't fit with my life at all. I, I my, in professional in professional terms, I work in pensions, so my my professional focus is not on the young actually. Um, mm-hmm. We're, we're a party that's open to all types of people, young and old, from a variety of different backgrounds uh, and circumstances. But at the moment, the people that we seem to be attracting more of are young people, which right. is which is really yeah. interesting, especially when you consider that the national discourse, um, which suggests that the Conservatives are not very effective at attracting young people. That's not my experience at all. Uh, and I'm quite reassured that at a, at a local level, in 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 one of the most labour areas in 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 London, uh, in the country, perhaps we're getting a lot of engagement from young people. Why should voters in Brent vote for Brent Conservatives? Well, I think there's a very clear reason here. Um, the, the the very clear reason is that I think we need a change in Brent. The Labour administration has had a long period of time in which to ensure that Brent is a prosperous and happy place. Yeah. And, and what's clear is that there was a survey last year which showed that Brent is the unhappiest place in the country. <laughs> I did think about that when you mentioned, uh, you know, being a, a, a prosperous place. And, and that did, funny enough, flickered through my mind. And, and I think that's unacceptable because Brent has got a lot going for it. It's culturally a really diverse place um, with a lot of interesting things going on. It's got a pretty sound economy. Um, and and, and uh, it, I, can't, I can't understand why a council with those assets at its, at its disposal cannot, cannot oversee a, a borough which is, which, which is characterised by quite a high degree of happiness. It's, it's astonishing to me. But I think there are a couple of reasons why Brent is not the the happy place it, it it could be, and some of these have come out on the on the campaign trail. Actually, I remember mm-hmm. a few weeks ago I was canvassing in in in, in Mapesbury, and I knocked on a door, uh, and this couple came to the door, uh, and I was I was sort of chatting through why why who I was and why why I thought they should vote for the Conservative Party nice. in this election. Typical canvassing stuff, really. Uh, and, and I brought up the issue of council tax and how we wanted to freeze it for four years if we were to form the next administration. And, and she, this woman said to me, she said, the cost of living in Brent is, is really, really high. Right. She said, we moved here from Barnet, from Barnet uh, about a year ago. Said that we, we we noticed the difference immediately. Not only is council tax much higher, but there are lots of other little charges like 
like the the bulk waste charge, for example. Mm. You know, so if you want to get rid of a mattress, you have to pay a significant amount of money. If you've got a garden, there's a there's a garden bin charge. There are all these little charges, and that's not that's not even mentioning the parking charges, which I get a lot on the doorstep. Mm. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons. Brent's culturally great. It's got a really vibrant local economy. But actually, a lot of the decisions that the council have made are taking money out of people's pockets. And that means that really constrains what they can do. And that has an impact on their happiness, clearly. I think another reason people are are feeling frustrated and and less happy than they otherwise could be is because they feel like what they do doesn't cut through to the council. So they feel that the council is quite out of touch and and they can't have an impact on what happens in their local area. Yeah. That's become very clear with some of the developments that have taken place. And and in, in, in Mapesbury at the moment, there is a, a planning application to close a, a local pub, the Queensbury. Which is right. A yeah. great local pub, uh, really good beer, really good atmosphere. Great. Mm. Um, and there's a local association which is formed to protect the Queensbury. And they've tried to engage with the council. They've tried to engage with the officers, with... With the, with, with the councillors themselves. Um, and they've not even had a reply. So so they, they just don't feel that... The people at residents in Brent just don't feel that what they want is getting through to the council. And when that results in things like your local community changing in a way you don't want it to, that makes you pretty unhappy, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, that, that, is, that seems to be... Uh, a theme at the moment where the council aren't listening you know they may have uh, consultations and you know there may be like an overwhelming opposition to something but even though there might be an overwhelming opposition so let's say there was definitely <laughs> there was definitely overwhelming opposition to the uh, Queensbury but the council aren't listening so that that definitely is a, a quite a quite a big factor and and I think that could partly be why um people are starting to notice that, you know, is there, does Brent have a democracy problem? I think that's it. I think that really is, that, that's a crucial point. I, I think the, the fact that there is a supermajority and no effective opposition means that these things can just, can just get through often. They can, they can go through and they don't have to listen to the community. They don't have to take account of what people want in local, local areas. Yeah, that's there. Yeah, that is, the, that is the thing. Yeah. That's how a lot of people are feeling that, you know, the, 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 this, large Labour majority in Brent don't have to listen. You know, even long-time Labour supporters, you know, in, in the area, they, they just feel that the local authority doesn't have to listen to them. Yeah, and I think, I, th- I, think, I think those are some really good reasons for why you should vote Conservative. You should vote Conservative for change. You should vote Conservative to improve your local democracy, to have visible councillors who are going to be on your doorstep mm-hmm in the local area for the, for the full four years, not just during election time. Mm. And you should vote Conservative to have, have a lower cost of living in your area. Now, those are, those are the kind of things that will improve people's happiness. If they can see more money in their pocket, if they can see their mm. local representatives working for them, and if they can see their wishes for their local area being implemented. Mm. Yeah. Um, going back to you, you raised the point about the um, you know um, that there was a survey conducted, and um, unfortunately, Brent came up as the uh, most unhappiest place to live. 
Um, one from myself, one criticism I do have about the data uh, and even how the survey was commissioned. Um, so do you know who commissioned that survey? I think it was right move, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. So it was basically an estate, an estate agent. Um, so I felt some people did feel that, you know, the data was slightly skewed. You know, it's uh, an estate agent are behind uh, the stats. Um, you know, what's there an agenda? You know, obviously there is if you're an estate agent. It's about, you know, uh, promoting property and, and, and you know. Um, it's not a good way to promote property. Though, it's, it? it's, it's, <laughs> it's not. But then you, you have to question the, 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 the areas which came out on top and the areas which came out on, 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 on the bottom. And uh, I think, that's I think the stats... Yeah, I mean the stats definitely need to be scrutinised. I think. I think. I think. I know when I when I um, uh, read that uh, that survey, um, I did question it, and I didn't instantly believe it because I think you know me. I'm a lifelong Brent resident, and um, you know I would really strongly oppose you know uh, Brent being the that opinion of Brent being the most unhappiest place. Um, so I think you know was what was the uh, sample size in Brent? How many people uh, contributed to that survey? So I think there's a number of factors that, that could probably debunk um, uh, the the results of that survey. But having said that, you know um, the survey was conducted, and Brent came. Uh, according to the survey, <laughs> it's at the bottom. So it's, you know, uh, it's up to you know whoever uh, you know whether you want to believe it or not. It's entirely up to you. But I do think it definitely is worth considering. Um, you know, how, whether the stats are skewed somewhat, and 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 it's it's it is important to have a few questions on the sample. I think I think that's right. I think that's right. I mean, you've got to look at the the methodology to understand whether the survey is robust. I think that's that's fair. Absolutely. Um, so the next question is, so we've talked about um, uh, why people should vote for Brent Conservatives. Um, and the next question really is, uh, how will you get things done? So it's just along the lines of doing, um, you know, if you had the opportunity, uh, what would you do? How would you get things done? What would you change? Uh, so, so in terms of how I'd, I'd go about getting things, things done, clearly from, from my perspective, um, it would be easier to get things done if there were more conservative councillors. Uh, one, we'd be able to provide a more effective opposition. Two, if we were to have a, enough councillors to form the administration, we'd clearly be able to implement our our agenda. But I think more importantly, if we were to have more conservative councillors, and if Brent were to elect a conservative council as a whole, mm-hmm. we'd be able to work more effectively with, with, with central government. Uh, and with with other councils like Barnet, um, which which has a conservative administration, the Labour Party in Brent, for reasons that I completely understand, is interested in making in scoring political points against the Conservatives, which which is the nature of oppositional politics clearly, uh, and we can have a debate about whether that's the best form of politics or not. Uh, but that that mentality doesn't doesn't lead to getting things done in an effective way. So, mm-hmm. so for me, more conservative councillors and a conservative council would allow me to get things done more easily. But, 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 but secondly, and I think, I think perhaps more importantly, mm-hmm. I would get things done by working across the aisle. I'm, I'm not a dogmatic politician. Um, I, I'm a conservative for a number of reasons, largely because my values are conservative. Right, uh, but but I'm really prepared to work across the aisle with other parties. I share a lot in common with people from 
from the Greens, from the Labour Party, mm-hmm. from the Lib Dems. Um, and ultimately, the goal here is is not to advance a party as much as to improve the local area. And to do that, you have to be able to work with colleagues from all sides of the political spectrum effectively. So, 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 so I, I would certainly do that. And finally, I think in terms of, again, how, how I'd get things done, mm-hmm. it's really crucial to work closely with community groups. And Brent has a lot of them. Brent has a really active citizenry, uh, and that's great. I, I'm actually I'm actually deputy chair of one of these groups of, of Clean Air for Brent, which tries to raise awareness about the, the health impacts of pollution, of poor air quality, okay. and, and what individuals can do to to change their behaviour in order to improve that, and what local and central government can do to to to, to, to improve the improve the problem. Mm-hmm. So work very closely with groups like Clean Air for Brent, with groups like the Brent Carers Centre, because these are the people on the ground who understand the issues um, yeah. and that kind of experience. You, you can't you can't have that all in one building. You have to go out there and get it. Uh, and, and that's what I would do. That's what we would do as a party. Thinking about the composition of the 63 seats in Brent with Labour controlling 56 and Tories with only six, I find it difficult No, I find it impossible to think that after the local elections, this will change in the favour of your party. The reason why I say this is that the Conservatives have had to survive so many disasters. Austerity, NHS crisis, police cuts, Syria bombing, Brexit shambles, homelessness, Grenfell, and now the Windrush scandal, which the Home Secretary, Amber Rudd, has now resigned over. It's not looking good for you. So, so it's clear whenever there is a local election that national issues have have an impact on local results. And But I take your point. This is a very local issue for Brent to a large extent. Um, it is a very diverse place. And that's really at the heart of its potential, I, yeah. I think. Diverse areas are innovative areas because they bring together a lot of different ideas, a lot of different cultures, a lot of different types of people. And that breeds innovation, prosperity, success. I do think that there is the possibility that the 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 windrush uh, the windrush situation could affect the local election results in Brent. But but what what I'd say is that this has clearly not been the the finest hour for the passing. I think that's right. I'd agree with that. But what I'd also say is this is not yeah. an issue that. Mm-hmm is a result of the actions of the Conservative government alone. This is an issue which actually has been going on since the early 70s. There have been numerous governments which could have fixed this problem. And, uh, and the immediate mm-hmm. problem um, was caused by, I think, the decision to destroy landing cards and other documents, which was mm-hmm. was taken in 2009, as former Labour Home Secretary Alan Johnson said, under a Labour, a Labour government. Now, that decision was carried carried out in 2010 right. under the coalition government. Mm. Um, so clearly, there are there are lots of different parties here that that mm. that bear some of the responsibility. It could have an impact on the local election, but but what I would say is judges mm. locally, and I think that means judges by what we're doing locally, what we're saying on the doorstep locally, what our local policies are. Judges on those things and how you think they will affect 
your family, your circumstances, your future, your chances. And if you do that, I think you'll vote conservative because we've got a we've got a vision for Brent. We've set out a vision for Brent, which I think would lead to a, a greener, cleaner, more prosperous borough. Okay, great. Well, it's been good talking, George. Thanks again for joining me on Pod on the Block. And uh, go ahead and feel free to leave your details should anyone wish to get in touch. I'm George Curry. I'm the candidate in Makesbury Ward in Brent. Uh, I'm also the chair of the Brent Central Conservative Association. So if there are any conservatives listening, please do get in touch. So if you Google Brent Central Conservative Association, it should be the top hit on Google. Uh, If you click through the various pages, there's a contact form. You can get in touch with us directly or you can get in touch with us via Twitter. We're pretty responsive. We're very active. Uh, You can see what events we're running from the website or from Twitter. So please do get in touch. The local elections are on May 3rd, where you can vote for the free councillors representing the ward and local issues where you live. Listen and subscribe at blogontheblock.com.